The Charlotte Hornets made an inquiry about Ben Simmons. Should the Hornets explore that further? We'll talk about that. Plus, Sean Woodley of Lockdown Raptors will join us today to discuss the Hornets game tonight against Toronto. It's all today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. This episode's brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Check them out at prizepicks.com. You can check us out on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, Locked On Hornets. Those are the handles on Twitter. You can also search Locked On Hornets on YouTube, where we have about 850 subscribers, 150 more, and we're going to paint our face purple and teal. That's what's going to take place at whatever point you guys dictate. If we get 150 tomorrow, then we're going to have to go back to the good old online shopping, finding some face paint, and have my history look that much more embarrassing, having one, an ordered bee suit, and two, purple and teal face paint. That's what's going to be there just as much as and just as soon as you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. So we appreciate you joining us. Doug Branson coming up with those two excellent ideas. Here's another idea that you may deem excellent. Maybe you don't, Doug. I don't know. We've talked a lot about the big guy trade proposals. Miles Mm -hmm. Turner, Christian Wood. Mm -hmm. I mean, even a Nick Claxton has been thrown in there. We Mm -hmm. know that the Hornets have needed a center for quite a while. Well, what about a more unconventional center, right? Ben Simmons (laughs) for the Philadelphia 76ers. There was a report from Sham Sharani of The Athletic that – The Hornets were one of the new teams that have reached out to Philadelphia. Maybe just to see. We don't know the extent. We don't know how much talks progressed between Daryl Morey and Mitch Kupchak, which, by the way, seems like a hilarious negotiation between those two. It just does to me. Like, Daryl Morey, very different from what Mitch Kupchak is. Either way, I don't know how far those talks actually did progress. Probably Mitch Kupchak just calling, saying, hey, what's up? How much would it take? (laughs) What do you think? I don't know. Hey, what do what's think? up? How you doing? So Ben Simmons, Things right? Good? This guy, you know, uh, what, are, what are you thinking about him? I'm thinking that uh, it would be very interesting. You'd have to give up a ton. I mean, you're probably talking about Hayward, Oubre, multiple first-round picks. I mean, we know that Philadelphia is toying with the idea of reducing the asking size for Ben Simmons because this process has dragged on. But we also know that Philadelphia seemingly is okay with just riding out this season having done nothing with Ben Simmons. They're they're ready to really – this game of chicken has gone on for a long time between Ben Simmons and Philadelphia, and Philadelphia just does not seem like they are going to let Ben Simmons go for anything less than exactly um, what what he would be worth – in you know in a reasonable market where where your player is not um, just sitting out so it would make their defense better right I mean mm-hmm. it would oh yeah no it, it would and just to do some house uh, house cleaning real quickly you see uh, that the Hornets did reach out to to the 76ers but there was nothing substantive 
is what was written here by Sean Substantive. Substantive. Submarine. There's nothing submarine about this. And so it doesn't seem I, it doesn't seem like they progressed all that much, but who knows exactly how much it went um, you know, down this path. Look, we've talked about Ben Simmons before when Nada and I were discussing it, right, when he was first on the trade block. I just think it's a lot of money to be paying for a guy that is not your number one option, especially if you're going to have to pay LaMelo Ball. And I am mm-hmm. – like, usually I am pro player 100% of the way. And I think Philadelphia has done some things to really ruin that relationship for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Doc Rivers has been a little too reactive instead of making sure, hey, let me be level-headed in some of the comments I make about Ben Simmons. You know, Joel Embiid was certainly frustrated after that game. And you can even understand, right, some of these mistakes that Philadelphia made to some degree. But that's what they were. They were some mistakes. Yet, Ben Simmons, man, like, we know that this is a guy that has been unwilling to change, Doug. We know that this is – I, I love the fact that people are like, hey, just just force them to shoot. Just hire a really good shooting coach and then try to figure it out. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't Doc Rivers think of that? Like, that's the dumbest stuff ever because when you, pu- when you put that simple of an idea out and think that the 76ers haven't tried that, and Ben mm-hmm. Simmons, there are plenty of reports on him just not being receptive – to anything that might better his game offensively. It's the weirdest thing to have somebody that is quote-unquote selfish and yet not want to shoot the ball, you know? Like, he wants to rebound, he wants to pass, he wants to play defense. That's great. How is that guy described as crazy selfish? But he is because he refuses to shoot. And if you're paying top, top, top dollar for that player, I – I just don't want it, especially when you consider all you're going to have to give up because Daryl Morey is asking for the world. So let me play Simmons devil's advocate here. If you did in a in a dream scenario where you didn't give up all of your shooting, you didn't have to give up Hayward and Rozier and Oubre and just like clean out your outside shooting, then bringing Ben Simmons into this into this roster would actually probably be pretty effective because you do you do have a lot of of shooting on this roster already. Uh, also, I think that this situation would be very different from for Simmons, uh, different kind of coach. Borrego is not a Doc Rivers kind of coach in terms of how he speaks about players in in the media, and he seems to get along with players uh, decently, even players. Uh, you know, young players, veteran players. He seems to have uh, garnered the respect of everyone in the locker room. You never hear any players really speaking out too vociferously about uh, the the game plan or or the situation that they're put in by the coach. So I think this would be a good change of scenery for Ben Simmons, um, and and he would be somebody that would be interesting to pair alongside Lamelo Ball uh, because of uh, his defensive abilities, some things that he would cancel out, some weaknesses from Lamelo Ball that he would cancel out. And some exciting plays in transition that I can imagine between Lamelo Ball and uh, Ben Simmons. So, look, I mean, I don't care about the money. Honestly, I don't. I'm not a mo- I'm not a money guy. I'm like, bring some stars to Charlotte. If you can bring some star players to Charlotte, I don't I don't care if they're one, two, three. As long as they're star players and they can get the, the Hornets to be competitive in the playoffs, that I don't really care about the money. I, it's not my money. Um, it's you know, it's it's the team's money. So, oh no, I don't. I yeah. mean, but it's it's how the team is affected though by salary cap. I mean, if it didn't count against the cap, then I wouldn't care either. But when you talk about limiting other things that it can go to as far as the resources to help you get there, Ben Simmons getting. 
38 million by the end of his contract that's going to affect you when you try to get those other stars and even paying the ones that currently yeah but he could be stars, one of like the if, if whether whether he's one or two i mean he's going to be one of the better players on your team like, the problem it's is, not it's not like he's going to be the fourth best player on the team what the problem is though is that like we're talking about Doc Rivers, who is one of the more noted players coaches of all time. And we have seen some guys not exactly be the most happy with James Brago. They're just not crazy loud about it, which kind of speaks to the players. We know Cody Zeller was somebody that was pretty it was pretty open with his, you know, unhappiness with the role. I want somebody that appreciates me. Yeah, it's Cody Zeller compared to Ben Simmons, but I mean, Cody Zeller's feeling that way. Do something in the box score. You want to be appreciated. You want to be appreciated. Do hey, something. I'm pretty I'm pretty ben sure Simmons Ben Simmons score. can put up some box like, score stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me like what you're doing. You're you're gonna pay that much money for a guy that also doesn't put up a whole lot of points in the box score. You want the assist, you want I mean, some really good defense like that shows up in the advanced box score. You're going to need some blocks and steals to show up. It's just too much, especially when you're talking about getting rid of like, I mean, good God, you know, two first round picks, Miles Bridges and PJ. Like we know Daryl Morey, at least reportedly, you know, this can get a little dicey, but has reportedly turned down some pretty big offers that would be even better than what the Hornets would realistically offer to Philadelphia. And at that point, it's like, no, man, like, no, I'm good. I don't know how much better. Yeah, I mean, no, there's no doubt about that. The cost has to come down significantly, and I think that's why the Hornets' name comes up here. It is like, hey, you know, backup plan. You know, we're sitting here, and we, you know, maybe we could talk if uh, if things fall apart with some other mm-hmm. situations. I don't, I don't expect the Hornets to throw a blockbuster offer to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons. I, I hope they don't do that. Um, certainly, anything. Uh, anything is on the table at this point because I think the Hornets clearly, if they want to be competitive in the playoffs, need to make some kind of move. Um, we'll just see if this is uh, one of the moves they they opt to make. Yeah, Ben Simmons now just the latest name added to a possible trade candidate. It's going to get Hornets. interesting as we get closer to this deadline. February teams are 10th. going to get desperate. Maybe the Hornets, one of those teams that gets desperate. Very, very close to doing so. Let's talk about LaMelo Ball himself, the actual star on the Charlotte Hornets team currently. And the offense lately, maybe LaMelo's struggles shooting from the field. We'll get to all that in just a moment. Sean Woodley also going to be joining us in the third segment. But first, I want to talk to our listeners and for our listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends you might have, I wanted to notify you of an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's www.marines.mil/clwater. CL Water, and that is the website you can go to. So appreciate um, them for helping us out here on Lockdown Hornets. Also, want to make sure that you guys go check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and they offer all the superstar players as well as the bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers 
offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made. You pick two to five players and over and under on those projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. That's it. Uh, Prize Picks also allows mixed sports entries, so you can go from NFL to NBA. It really doesn't matter. Go to prizepicks.com today or go to your app store and download the app. All users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first Prize Picks entry scores just one single point. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's talk LaMelo Ball coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'm sure our guest, Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors, might like that bump referencing Vince Carter. I want to ask him if Vince Carter is still like the best Raptor of all time when we get to that. Whoa, big question. That's a big sports radio question by the sports radio professional. It's my specialty, Doug. I mean, of course, I want to fire off these takes. I want to force others to fire off these takes, and then we want to tweet it out with no context. I don't care what he says about Vince Carter. Maybe it's going to be Kyle Lowry, maybe DeMar DeRozan. I don't know. But we're going to put that out there. I'm breaking out the uh, the Hornets greats shirt. I found this. I went into the attic. I've been missing my bobblehead collection since I moved to Tennessee. And I found it in the attic. And I found all my bobbleheads. I put them up behind me. You can see it on YouTube. But I also found this shirt great from shirt. the 30th anniversary team. It's got Dell. It's got Glenn. It's got Muggsy. It's got Zoe. Love this shirt. All these shirts, though, are extra larges. And if you're extra large, it's great. I mean, all of these giveaways, it's a perfect size you. for you. Yeah, Walker, you're in the money. Me, I'm a large, and so uh, it's one size up. And I've always been reticent to wear these things because it's baggy. But now everything I wear is baggy. Like, it's it's leisure wear is in, is and so big life, T-shirts are coming back. Just, is that What kind of life is that for you? Is that because you have a child now? Is that because COVID allows us to be baggy and nobody can see, so who cares? Or is that just the stage it's you are in the your answer, life? <laughs> the, answer, the answer is D, all of the above. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> definitely blaming on the kid. Um, when you, Again, mm-hmm. when you have a kid, you can blame everything on the kid. Um, and also on, yeah, I mean, COVID, work from home. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm, ba- I'm, I'm barely wearing pants. Uh, real quickly, with that T-shirt, I always appreciated that one more than other ones because they gave a nod to Gerald Wallace, right? Oh, Somebody yeah. that wasn't a Charlotte Hornet. But yeah, he was a that. Charlotte Bobcat. And what we try to do right near race. my heart, too, there is my heart. Wait, uh, yeah. Is your heart sure. on your right side or your left side? It's your left side. Okay. So he's not. Well, not, if my heart were on my right side, it would, mm-hmm. yeah. it would be near my heart. So that failed miserably. But Gerald Wallace is on the t shirt. The Hornets did not fail miserably. We don't have to erase all Bobcats history. In fact, we have two Bobcats at least attire right now because I'm wearing the warm up shirt that I like to bring out every once in a while. So. You know, I don't know if anybody wants to go away because of the Bobcats or. Hey, hey, speaking of the speaking of the Bobcats, the Hornets are struggling on offense right now. 
I mean, it's, it is, how do you like that segue? Yeah, Uh, get it together here. Yeah, for sure. The offense is struggling. And if you look at the star player for the Charlotte Hornets team, LaMelo Ball has not been all that great from the field here recently. In fact, if you look at the month of January, the highest percentage he shot so far is against Orlando in that loss when he shot 44.4%. Every single other outing has been below that. And you look at his three-point percentage, uh, percentage, he's shooting just 28% from the three-point line in the month of January. You're talking about, as I try to count on the fly here, about 10 games or so. Doug, what have you noticed about this offense and LaMelo Ball specifically? Well, I can give you some more stats. In the year 2021, or at least the beginning of the season before 2022, his points per shot attempt were 109.9, according to Cleaning the Glass. That's above average, 57th percentile among point guards with high usage as well. The usage has gone down. The points per shot attempt has cratered to 99.4. That puts him in the 21st percentile among point guards. Not great. What's also not great is the turnover percentage has gone up slightly, not a ton, but slightly. But the the assist percentage has actually gone down. So his, and I don't know that part of that in the month of January could be the fact that the Hornets generally aren't shooting well. Like, I mean, you just, they just got done with a game where they started 0 of 19 from three. Uh, so it's it's more difficult to get the, to rack up those assists for LaMelo Ball if everyone else isn't shooting well. We know P.J. Washington has also struggled from the field. So, but but that's a pretty stark uh, drop too. Let me go. The assist percentage is thirty six percent to twenty nine point nine percent. Yeah, something's going on there. I mean, when I look at when I think back to these games in January and look over some of the film, he's getting similar looks. I, I mean, I think he's he's pretty balanced in terms of catch and shoot and and making his own shot. Like it's you know he's taking these crazy long threes, but we've seen those go in. Um, so I don't I don't know how much of this is really structural and how much of it is just we we've seen this before by the way star player Kimball Walker for the Charlotte Hornets uh, used to have like terrible Decembers in January so this is not is that what Hornets it was fans. I was trying to think of what month that would be just the worst month for him but we, I think it was yeah, typically I, December yeah. if I remember correctly yeah it was, yeah but he would have a fire November though <laughs> he would he would come out guns a blazing and then he would cool off yeah and this is what's happened with Lomelo and if you compare it to last year like you kind of did a little bit you look at the free throw percentage though Doug I mean it's night and day except for the better this season still the attempts are around the same three compared to 3.2 last year but he's shooting 89 percent and often when you look at the free throw percentage it's a good Mm -hmm. indicator of how good you can or might potentially shoot from the perimeter and we've seen him still like three point 36 percent it's not bad you know that's that's just fine it's all about him hitting shots at the rim and hitting shots inside the arc. And that's always kind of been the thing with LaMelo, Doug. Like, that's the thing that can put him to superstardom, where coming into the league, he wasn't the greatest finisher at the rim. He was good on floaters, and people kind of pointed to that on looking at how dangerous he was inside the arc. But now he's just 41.6 from the field. His effective is uh, is down. I think you mentioned his true shooting. It's down as well. And even the assists are down. And so it doesn't mean that LaMelo, we have to – panic and run around crazily saying oh no what happened to our superstar it's just that right now what you're seeing is not exactly the same kind of efficient lamello that even we saw in the first month first month and a half of the season well before we get to this preview with the raptors let me give you one more interesting thought so everything is upside down for the hornets right now in the month of january so overall on the season they are sixth in offense and 23rd in uh, defense de- defensive rating according to cleaning the glass, which takes out some garbage uh, time minutes and different things like that. But sixth in offense, twenty third in defense. Over the last two weeks, it's completely flipped. 
uh, they are second overall in defense and 18th in offense. And and so I, I just wonder if th- they've been expending a lot of energy on defense and really focusing on, on defense and maybe the offense has slipped as a result because I don't know that this team is really built to be a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. That's why we've been screaming about the need for a defensive center because we I think – that allows them the opportunity to balance out the offense and the defense. And I, and I think the big question for the Hornets, if they want to be playoff competitive with this current roster, is do they have the ability for stretches of time to be a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense? We haven't seen it to present. Let's talk about a team that just constantly adds long defenders every single year in the Toronto Raptors. The Charlotte Hornets are playing them tonight, and it's Sean Woodley of Lockdown Raptors going to be joining us in just a moment. But now before I talk to you about Bet Online, they'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, so they have a new updated desktop, and they have a new mobile website, so you can sign up today, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code to get started from football basketball hockey boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games you don't have to wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts raptors preview with sean woodley coming up next locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? <laughs> Matt Thomas is oh, his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he, he, Matt he Thomas, didn't play at all. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Matt Thomas served me at an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets uh, podcast. Raptors legend, That's a Matty great Thomas. Bump. Oh, and I don't brought, know why this thing keeps going to black. Hold on. Let's get this out of here. There we go. <laughs> well, you've, you've, brought, you've brought some great bumps back, Doug. I appreciate it. Sean, How uh, is Matt Thomas a bigger Raptors legend now than Vince Carter? <laughs> Where does he rank in the Pantheon in Toronto history? It depends. There were a few like local writers who really adopted Matt Thomas as their guiding light last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really, really fizzled out quite quickly. He's... I, I do an annual ranking every year of every Raptor. It's a stupid, very time-consuming exercise which that, we I, love, that I put which we absolutely far love too much here. effort into. But yeah, I think Matt Thomas fell somewhere in like the deep 180s or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Vince Carter a little bit higher than that. Okay. So yeah, what are your? Do you remember top three? Of course, I remember the top three. What are we talking? All right, hit about? me. Hit Kyle me. Lowry is number one. Wait, wait, hold on. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Mm. No, let's do uh, now. We've we okay. forget you heard that. Bring Let's the start. fanfare, Doug. Do you remember number? F- yeah, I've got the fanfare. We do this slowly. We can take our time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, <laughs> our, our bosses will get mad at us for taking our time, but we'll do it. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Number five, fifth best, best Raptor of all time. I think fifth best I have as Chris Bosch, although I'm ruminating on this year, Pascal Siakam finally overtaking him. Wow. <laughs> okay, Chris Bosch, number five, and then Pascal mm-hmm. possibly going to pass him. That's pretty interesting. Pas- Let's- Pascal. Pascal. It is Pascal, <laughs> right? Is it Pascal or Pascal? No, I'm just it's saying Pascal. Pas. Yeah, I'm, doing a, I'm doing a thing with Pass. Come on, Walker. Keep it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm, He's I've been trying. Him. Doug, I'm glad you brought that up. I've been trying to figure out a way to do some sort of Pascal pun because of all the passes he's been throwing lately, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as a new, like, like fully revamped playmaker. Make a pass just, calculator. A very, Make a pass very, calculator. 
that could work, but I'm having trouble. Maybe I'll steal that because uh, I'm having a really hard time finding something that isn't just like pass with two S's, Cal Siakam. And mm -hmm. it's not a very good pun. Let me tell you, it's not my best work. All right, that's fine. We we love the puns here. High and pass calories. Let, let, <laughs> let's keep moving with the fanfare. Who's number four on number your four. list, Sean? I think four I have Demar, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Demar I think comes in number four. He's very okay. good. We love Demar up here. Yeah, and, and working his Chicago. way up the Bulls rankings now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly doing that with the Bulls as well. All right, who comes in at number three? Vince Carter, of course. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I didn't know. All right, so Vince Carter does come hey. in at number three, and we already know number one, but we're going to act like we didn't hear that, so I'm really interested <laughs> to see who's going to be number two. Drop it on us, Sean. Uh, it's Terrence Ross. No, uh, it's uh, it's Kawhi Leonard. I I think people kind of like, wow. yeah, they take issue one with me wonder. putting him number two, but like, I don't know. Did you watch him for the one season where he literally won a championship? Not like on his own or anything like that, but uh, kind of on his own in a lot of ways. Like game seven against the Sixers, he shoots like 40 times, hits the shot. They don't win the title without him. So yeah, well, that's uh, like, Kawhi Leonard, uh... number two. That's like Jamal Mashburn. People get mad at Walker and I for putting Jamal Mashburn high on the top uh, yes. 30 Hornets of all time because he was – and Eddie Jones. You know, people uh, mm. loved Eddie Jones uh, several years. So yeah, didn't, get the, that, didn't get the Hornets to a championship, but uh, – No, that, that's right. You said Kawhi Leonard. That's just like Jamal Mashburn. Those are words that we said <laughs> on this podcast. All right, number one, And I stand by it. Sean, we have no clue who's number one on your list. Is Kyle Lowry? Have you ever heard of him? Yes. Uh, yes, he yeah. destroys. He was the destroyer of Charlotte. He was. <laughs> he was the destroyer of Charlotte. Kyle Lowry with that nope. big booty. Yeah, he does. I mean, uh, he destroyed a lot of people with his booty. He, he continues to destroy people with his booty, even though Heat culture is trying to like, I'm sure, shame him into slimming mm -hmm. down his booty. It's impossible. You can't. That's do like it. cutting and off Samson's hair. Yeah, Isn't Samson. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. I hope that they're What's not doing Samson that. Samson, who? down with uh heat culture all right let's talk about the raptors that are currently on this team as we speak yeah. right now as i mentioned sean i mean you guys that you go you go after a lot of defenders pascal siakam still on the team and then the first big time surprise of the nba draft was watching toronto draft scotty barnes who everybody mm -hmm. loved and everybody had him higher than everybody else except for toronto apparently right toronto they selected Scotty Barnes over who everybody thought was going to be taken there at Jalen Suggs. Um, what have you thought of uh, Scotty Barnes so far this year? He's pretty awesome, man. He, I mean, he already like fulfills my quotient for whether I think a player is good, which is he throws at least one no look pass per game, which is really all I need from my yeah. basketball watching experience. In addition to that, he just like is a way more advanced scorer than I think anyone ever projected pr pr projected him to be like, he was branded by a lot of very smart draft people as a zero level scorer coming out of the draft. And he's currently like shooting like 64% inside three feet. He's got a mid range game. He's like kind of flirted with reasonable, you know, average on kind of reasonable volume on threes as well. Like he's been just bloody impressive as an offensive player to the point that like, you know, even though he's had some defensive misgivings, which I think you expect from any rookie, like he gets blown by a lot. He'll kind of break down in coverage. And I know for sure that like when there's a blown coverage, it's not Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet usually to blame. It's usually mm -hmm. going to be Scotty Barnes because of how good those guys typically are. 
But even then, his offense has just been so impressive. I mean, he put, put up 27 points on Friday against the Wizards, basically just posting up dudes all night long. And then he can have a game where he's playing point guard for the team and he's finding guys on the run. And he just he's a really, really delightful basketball player to watch. And I think, you know, kind of on the tier of LaMelo when it comes to funky, cool basketball players, he's just a blast. and He's been well ahead of schedule. And so, like, for me my whole experience of the Raptors this season is it's all just gravy because Scotty Barnes is what matters the most. And he has been so good that, you know, the the results of this season doesn't really matter because he is way ahead of where anyone thought he would be. It sounds like he's profiling similar to LaMelo Ball out of the draft. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't think people thought that LaMelo Ball was a zero level scorer coming into that draft, but they certainly had questions about his outside shot and about his Mm -hmm. offensive production in general. And he well exceeded those expectations in his rookie season. Uh, we did mention uh, in the last segment he is struggling to shoot the basketball right now, and and so are the Hornets in general. They mm-hmm. again they started that last game against the Atlanta Hawks, 0 of 19 from the field. So they've got some as they improve their defense, they've got some offensive shooting struggles to figure out. Here's my question on the Raptors: uh, Right now they're sitting at uh, 500. Are they are they beating your expectations for this season, or are they somewhat behind your expectations? What what how, how do you feel about this Raptors team right now? I mean, they're basically in line with what I expected. I predicted 42 and 40 at the start of the season, and they were 21 and 20 at the halfway mark. So listen to my podcast. I'm a genius. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I think for me, it has been, I think, even a better sort of season than I expected it would be. And it's been a more fun season to watch. It's a super weird and interesting team, which is kind of part of it. It's like way different than any team I've ever covered. They don't care about positions. They'll play lineups with five, six, nine dudes where Chris Boucher's like the shooting guard, I guess. Like it, it gets super weird, super quick with this team. You know, there have been some annoyances. Nick Nurse has, you know, played like seven guys a night for the last couple of weeks here. Like it's the playoffs and everyone's exhausted and Fred Van Vliet shooting poorly lately because I think he's just so damn tired from doing everything all the time. But it's been a really enjoyable year because you've seen just kind of like a bounce back from last year in Tampa from a lot of guys who you really wanted to see bounce backs from. I mean, in particular, Pascal Siakam, who was better than people give him credit for last year, but still Mm -hmm. kind of had this sort of stink on him from the bubble. This season has been entirely different. He's become like the best playmaker on the team. He's throwing out like 10 assist games left, right and center. Uh, He's been really, really exciting while also getting back to his sort of peak defensive level as well. And it's just been great. And along with Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr. has been a lot better than expected. I think the guys that really matter have been better than I expected. You know, Fred Van Vliet as well. I mean, he's going to be like a shoe-in all-star, maybe an all-NBA guy this year. He's been that good. Never would have foreseen that. And so even though the back end of the roster is kind of dragging things down and they're really struggling to string together wins because of that, the guys who matter have been better than I think anyone could have anticipated. So for me... They're, they're in the green on this season for sure. And I think they, you look towards next season and things get a little bit more exciting in terms of kind of ceiling type things. And Walker, I don't know how you feel right now, but this game scares me a little bit uh, for the Hornets. <laughs> because not, not because of the last blowout to the Atlanta Hawks. I think those shooting struggles are going to come back towards the mean, but I think defensively they're going to have they, – they've had struggles – this season with dealing with teams who who put a lot of tall, long, lengthy players on the floor, athleticism, that kind of thing. So I, I don't know where your head's at on this game, Walker, but well, I mean, I'm, I'm a little scared. Well, I mean, height and versatility is always going to be a problem, especially for the Hornets, who they're just not very tall, right? Like we like to go small ball constantly with P.J. Washington playing center as our best lineup. And 
you guys mentioned LaMelo Ball, Scotty Barnes, the profiles being very similar coming into their first year in the NBA. I actually viewed the Toronto Raptors very similarly altogether as the Charlotte Hornets. And Sean, I think we did a preview on one of the Locked On NBA previews that we did this year. We mm-hmm. were on the same episode because we were kind of in the same tier. And both of us, I think, went with internal improvement, if I'm not mistaken, having such a big factor on how this team was going to play. Well, here the Hornets are. Miles Bridges is at least top 10 in the votes when it comes to Eastern Conference front court players. You talk about LaMelo Ball, who even with the down shooting has taken a step up this season. Mm-hmm. Guys like McDaniels, you know, Cody Martin, really impressive. Terry Rozier has still stayed the same. We've seen a lot of improvement. I feel like that's kind of happened with Toronto, where you see Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> you just mentioned. You see Pascal Siakam coming back after having a disappointing year last year by expectation. Scotty comes in really good, going to be at least, what, at least top three rookie of the year, probably behind mm-hmm. only Evan Mobley at this point. So, like, it seems like there are a lot of similarities more yeah. so between these two teams the, than the Hornets have with any other franchise. The biggest similarity is that both teams are trying to copy the Miami Heat. We're just like both <laughs> desperately trying to figure out how those how that team succeeds and copy it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I mentioned to Doug yesterday. I kind of see a lot of through lines. Also, just like the team building that's kind of being done here, where you know, there's a lot of sort of spreading of the wealth when it comes to you know the, the top five or six guys in the team. They're all kind of putting up good numbers and they all kind of work well together the fits pretty nice but maybe there's just that like one missing ingredient neither team has a center either which i guess is like a very easy comparison um both pretty bad on the defensive glass things like that yeah it's pretty interesting the way they've gone about it i think like the hornets obviously are a little bit less sort of eyeing up this vision six foot nine as we've dubbed it up in toronto like that they're not quite going for that formula and why would you? you got Lamelo, you've got uh, you know, Gordon Hayward, you've got, you know, a lot of interesting guys who just happen to be not six foot nine. Why would you go and sell out your sort of guys that you have on hand to chase a different vision? But I think just in terms of like trajectory, where these teams are in their sort of building towards their next competitive windows, I think they're pretty similar. I do have a question for you guys about this one. Um, mm-hmm. Doug, you mentioned to me that zone is kind of like a heavy, heavy thing that the Hornets will use. Mm-hmm. As it turns out the Raptors have gotten crushed by zones lately. Uh, the Wizards used Love it against them in their Friday game. The Raptors scored 18 points, almost blew a 14-point fourth-quarter lead in that game. And then on Sunday against the Blazers, they were down 30 at halftime after they got zoned into oblivion by the Blazers, and they just couldn't knock down a three. You know, the, there's, this is an interesting matchup from that perspective, too, because the Hornets are, like, horrible on the defensive glass, and the Raptors are the best team in the league on the offensive glass. So that's kind of an interesting inflection point especially with how we know zones can affect defensive rebounding with the way way guys are positioned and all that. Like, how do you view the zone being a weapon or potentially like the undoing because of the defensive glass in this one for the Hornets against the Raptors? Yeah, I think they do the best they can on the defensive glass, but I think their focus is on, um, you you know, trying even they push the, they don't really need the defensive glass to push the pace. They can push the pace Mm -hmm. on missed shots. They can push the pace on made, made shots. Uh, and, and they really are aggressive in terms of trying to steal the basketball and generate extra possessions that way. And and you have Lamelo, who is an assassin when it comes to steals, because he he just has this otherworldly anticipation of where the ball is going to go. He knows where it's going to go before the person who's passing it knows where it's going to go. And so they try to generate more offense with their defense than um, and to make up for the fact that they're they're going to struggle defensive rebounding. Also, uh, Lamelo. 
and, and other plays, they love to crash the glass and, and generate extra possessions that way. So, you know, I, I think they try they try the best they can to cancel out some of some of their structural defects uh, when it comes to that. I, I would just love to know, like, I, I think what would be fun for these like crossover segments is just to exchange how we can beat each other's team. Like, how yeah. how how can how are the Hornets going to lose this game? How are the Raptors going to lose this game? Nobody, nobody knows more intimately how a team is going to lose than the people that watch the team the most. So if Toronto loses this game, Sean, what happens? What, what happened to Toronto that they lost this game? Yeah, I mean, I figured the Hornets probably zone up pretty hard and force them into taking a lot of threes, and their consistent struggles from downtown continue. You know, OG Ananobi is one of their three knockdown guys they have. He's been kind of cold lately. Fred Van Vliet's been kind of cold lately as well. Gary Trent Jr. is really the only guy right now who, and he's only been back from uh, injury for a couple of games here too, but he's the only guy I like really trust and feel like, yes, that catch and shoot is definitely going in. Fred normally has that. It's just been a bit of a rough go for him in the last couple of games here. He still finds a way. And he also is like a steals hawk too. So it's kind of like Spider-Man meme teams kind of once again, pointing at one another. Um, but yeah, I think they get flummoxed by the zone and they just miss a ton of shots and they're missed threes don't lead to short rebounds that they can collect and finish around the basket with. They lead to long rebounds, they lead to runouts for the Hornets in their transition game, which is a problem. And that was the problem against the Blazers on Sunday. So I, I do think there's already kind of a blueprint to really flummox the Raptors. And, you know, if that happens, the, the Hornets will go up big in the first half. The Raptors will then have what we call a very uh, friendly, or I guess colloquially and with some sort of endearment, uh, fake comeback. The Raptors are very good at them. They they will sort of <laughs> full court press you to, to oblivion in the second half, get it close. They got it to within four points against the Blazers in that game where they were down by 30 at halftime, uh, and they couldn't quite put it over the finish line because they ran out of gas. That feels like the sort of uh, blueprint for a Raptors loss here i think what about you with the hornets yeah i mean i think if you look at when you talk about the full court you know full court press like the hornets are, are pretty equipped to handle that certainly with Lamelo, you do have some ball handlers that you can be okay with so that would that would be an advantage for the charlotte hornets i just think you guys are really good defensively when you go to fred van vliet going to be right up in LaMelo, shorter than LaMelo, a taller point guard, so that's going to be tough for him. Then you talk about Scotty Barnes, you talk about Pascal Siakam, you know, can you neutralize the offensive threats of the Hornets all the way down the list? Miles Bridges, you take him away. Gordon Hayward, you take him away. Terry Rozier is going to have to put up a heroic effort, which he was crazy cold this last time out, but overall has been shooting very well the last mm -hmm. couple of months or so. Is it going to take some kind of heroic Terry Rozier game while LaMelo continues Continues to struggle from the field miles up and down certainly with the shooting actually more so down this year I think just defensively you know if the Hornets it's one of those classic can the Hornets get to 110 and if they do you feel pretty good about it considering the Raptors haven't gotten to that mark I think in the last couple of weeks or so so mm -hmm. it, it's just you guys are really good defensively you're so versatile from top to bottom and the Hornets have a lot of guys that can score but you know, you're going to take a lot of that away with how good they are. So I think that's going to be the problem. It's, you know, can the Hornets find transition buckets? Can they try to get the easy baskets as much as possible? And if they can, then the Hornets might come away with a victory. And I think to that point as well, like the way the Raptors decide to defend the Hornets will, I think, go a long way to deciding what happens here too, because they do a thing where they will send a lot of extra attention towards the best player on an opposing team and just hope that the guy who gets the corner three in the corner after a swing is going to miss it. It's 
been their strategy for a couple of years. It's not worked so well this year. And with the Hornets, like there's a lot of threats out there. Yeah. I'm not super comfortable funneling those shots to. So do they play a more switch heavy scheme, which they have the capability to do. They just never do it. <laughs> and it's very maddening because like they've built this team of six foot nine dudes who could easily defend everybody one on one. But instead, they scramble and recover and fly around like maniacs. And I think against the Hornets, that could be a particularly dangerous strategy. Well, and what's interesting, too, you mentioned the corner three. Kelly Oubre, what was funny is how you know he was historically bad with Golden State shooting last mm -hmm. year. But if you were to dive a little deeper on his corner threes, they weren't bad with Golden mm -hmm. State. It was just everywhere else was so bad. And so now you see what Kelly's doing here, having a breakout season being at least second and six man of the year voting behind Tyler hero right now. And so if Kelly can be that guy that, you know, has the dagger for you every once in a while, then yeah, that would be great. Kelly, you know, is he making shots and can he make shots against Toronto? If not, he's probably not helping you, but you know, that that's something that would serve better for the Hornets. If, uh, if the Toronto Raptors do find themselves scrambling on team defense. Um, I know that uh, not a lot of people are allowed in uh, Scotiabank Arena uh, right None now. None people are allowed, except okay. for family and friends. Yeah. All right. Well, if you can befriend uh, one of the Raptors and sneak your way in there, I just want you to dap up the Raptor. <laughs> Does the Raptor have a name? We were discussing it. We, we weren't sure the if Raptor. the Raptor mascot has a name. Yeah, it's just the Raptor. Why why, why overcomplicate things? It's just the Raptor. And it's, uh, I mean, it's been the same guy since 1995. It's, it, he's been Terry doing rap it's terry raptor inside the raptor <laughs> sure yes he's been doing some of his best work during this uh fanless experience. i know i wanted you bothering yeah, devin booker yeah dap him up for me. raptors not, skulking around we're not allowed to interact with the raptor it's uh there's a cone of like uh protection around the raptor it's a very intense and uh um, kind of cultish thing but i'm happily part Park? of that cult. seems like a pretty good idea just <laughs> sneak, up, sneak in there and give him a tail a little tail dap for us because uh not and i'm not a huge fan of devin booker so i really enjoy that. <laughs> there you go so, so the raptor and doug branson two peas little tail dap just give him one of these boop there you go yep exactly. uh, i yeah. will do and say that's from doug branson and then he won't feel yeah, terry 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 raptor forever. won't he won't feel it you know that they, they, they can't feel the end of the tail just make sure you do the sound effect with it as well so he knows what you did. All right, Sean Woodley, Locked On Raptors, joining us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Make sure you follow him on Twitter for great Raptors coverage. At What's he got? Woodley, well, you, got you got some yeah, you got I've got a thing i got to show you guys, by the way. I told you like a couple show days ago. But for plugging things or whatever, I just wanted to plug. This is a thing I own. It is oh, a... Yeah. Oh, that's like fantastic. Very large sweater. I bought at a vintage market one day. Yeah, I just see that. Let's see that again like in that. full screen. Oh, yeah, mode. sure. Okay, here we oh, go. Man, Beautiful. It's a little toasty. I don't wear it often. It's that's old warm. school for the for the podcast <laughs> oh, listeners. Yeah. It's an old school swe uh, sweater. <laughs> is a sweater By, or via the game? I don't know what company that is, if they're still out of in business or not. But uh, if there's a Hornets fan out there who wants to send me a bunch of money for this, I, I could be convinced to send yeah, it go to you. If you're listening right now, go to YouTube. Uh, right. Subscribe <laughs> to our YouTube channel. Uh, even if you're not a Raptors fan, just subscribe to Sean's. We, we just love subscribers. You don't have to watch. Just subscribe. No. That's all right. Just like to juice the stats, baby. Yeah, that's right. Is it embarrassing, <laughs> by the way, that the Locked On Raptors host has a better Charlotte sweatshirt than I do, considering I'm wearing a Bobcats one? That is. I mean, that's really that embarrassing. Because it's, it's not even close. Sean clearly has a better sweatshirt about charlotte all right follow him on twitter at woodley sean thanks so much man great uh hearing from you we appreciate you hopping on with us anytime guys
Sean Woodley. Go check him out. Go check out a game recap as well. If you don't want to hear us break it down tomorrow, make sure you go check Locked On Raptors out. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Make sure you make your second listen, Locked On Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q, and it's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. You also get expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, by the way. So again, make sure you go check it out. Thanks again for hopping on. West Wednesdays tomorrow. Wes Bryant, Valley Sports, Charlotte Hornets Insider will join us. We'll be back with you tomorrow.